Welcome to another episode of the Loving Life After Loss podcast. I am your host, Marie Alessi. There we go. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, people. Whoops, I just dropped my phone. <laughs> Perfect start. <laughs> this is Marie. I just rushed into my office and straight live to you. And I am so, so excited to have the beautiful Jessie Lestelle back with us. Jessie, welcome to Up Spiral Grief again. How are you? I am so excited to be back. I am so good. I know back here in Atlanta, Georgia, we are looking at about 7 p.m. So I'm about to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm so, so glad that we are doing this live again because uh, we had a quick pre-chat as, as I was rushing back from my son's Cairo appointment to here. We quickly chatted in the car because I'm like, I'm not going to have time to do this. We're going to sit down and go straight live as soon as I come back. And uh, you shared a couple of things with me and I can't wait to actually share this here with our audience because I really love that you are so open to keeping this raw and real and really talking about the highs and the lows. And I have to say, I've been doing these Upswell Grief interviews for like ever since 2019. Now I think we had the first one. So probably halfway wow. into um, half a year into starting the movement. I'm, I'm not even sure when we had the first one. But what I want to say is <laughs> since I've been running these, these Upswell Grief interviews, there's really a handful of stories that stuck with me because it touched me so, so deeply. And yours was certainly one of them. And I, I remember <laughs> saying to you, you know, my heart will always be open to you, please. Mm -hmm. I'm so happy that you're back. So I also said to you, <laughs> there are quite a few new members since we first chatted. And for those Yay! new members who want to hear the first interview we did, uh, I'll certainly be linking that in the comments below afterwards, so you can go back and watch that as well if you wanted to. But without further ado, Jesse, would you do us the honor, introduce yourself to our audience and share a little bit about your background and why we are here? Absolutely. So you'll have to Thank you. um, excuse me because I have to switch my brain from um, from trying not to talk about these things to absolutely yeah. diving right into it. So. Uh, for those who, today. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. Mm. Uh, for those who don't know me, I, um, at the age of 25, I had lost my entire immediate family, including my mom, mm. my dad, my brother, as well as um, various other family members. I lost my uncle, my grandmother, and just recently I lost my, uh, my mom's sister, my aunt and her mother. So it just never stops. Wow. And, um, <laughs> so yeah. at, uh, when I lost my mom, who was the last person I lost, I decided to take a break away from, uh, basically life and really mm. focus on learning how to live this life that was proposed to me, that was given to me. And I took that mm. time to grieve and I took a total of a year and a half off of just grieving mm. and learning how to reconfigure my life. Um, Cause yeah. after getting hit with so many losses right after another, it's, it, yeah. it, it kind of throws you off the track and you have to figure <laughs> out how to get your way back to it. So mm. it has finally got to that point where I, I'm kind of a functioning person in society now. And it is so exciting mm. to be back and talking to you because I, you know, when we first started, I had my own podcast, Good Grief Jesse. Yeah. And that's mm. how we met as I started yeah. just kind of talking about my, uh, you know, my story and my, my struggles. And then I got to meet some amazing people, including you and your amazing. Oh, thank team. you. And, you know, I, when I, um, decided to get back into, um, you know, the corporate world, I took a step back from my podcast and it's not a forever be gone. It's more of a, you know, let me try and figure out how to live this life. And then I'll come back yeah. to my yeah. grievers and kind of show them what it's like to kind of go back to this world, this normal life that everyone lives that hasn't gone through anything traumatic. So I, yeah. you are the first person that I am going to be able to talk to about what it's like yeah. going back from losing somebody mm -hmm. or losing your whole family to kind of starting mm -hmm. a new one. So I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> wow. 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 So first of all, 
before we get into that topic, as in how do you even do that, I just want to say my heart goes out to you and I'm so amazed by who you are, your whole personality, this whole, you know, taking life as it comes and really doing everything to open your heart to this new way of living. Because having lost your entire family at the age of 25, I have no idea how you got through this. There's no better way of saying this. Seriously, I have no idea how you actually got through this. And, you know, when we had this chat and you're like, I'm going from not talking about it to now talking about it and open myself up to it. I can only imagine the waves of emotions that you must be balancing every single day, that you must be learning how to how to cope with that in like the normal world. Because when we talk about yes. the normal <laughs> world, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, we talk about people who have not lived through or experienced any sort of deep adversity. And I believe that the biggest mistake that society makes is to try to squeeze people back into the system after having lived through adversity. Because, yeah. you know, so often people use this, my life will never be the same from a space of victimhood. Yet when you neutralize that and just see it as a, yeah, that, that's a fact. My life will never be the same. I've lost my entire family, for goodness sake, you know. So how will your life ever be the same? It can't. Yet you are such a shining example of what my life will look like is still up to me. So yes. I love this about you because I've been watching you from the sidelines ever since we connected <laughs> and I'm just blown away by who you are and what you do. So please do share a little bit with us as in you did run the podcast. You decided to pause that because all your energy went, you know, into trying to live a normal life. How was that for you? Because your life is certainly anything but normal. So how did you <laughs> even make that step or jump back into the real world let's let's call it that because there's not normal or abnormal yes <laughs> back into yes. the real world maybe yeah I can totally yes the real world uh that's a wonderful way of saying it uh, mm. so I I guess a good way to explain is to kind of like give a little background information of like what have like what I was doing before yeah lost my mom because I had lost my dad and my brother and my uncle and my grandma um, when I was still in college. But when I graduated mm -hmm. college, I went right into the music and entertainment industry mm -hmm. and I loved it, but I didn't get to spend too much time there because my mom had passed. And mm -hmm. I knew that that wasn't the right, the right setting for me at that point mm -hmm. in time. So I was like, okay, I, I know I want to get back into it, but I need to make sure that I'm very specific and very picky on what I do, because mm -hmm. I know that I can't waste any more energy on places and people and things that aren't mm -hmm. benefiting and helping me move forward. So yeah. I got an amazing opportunity to work at a historic venue uh, as the event manager for the Atlanta Symphony Hall. And that mm -hmm. is a huge Incredible. staple in Atlanta, Georgia. And mm -hmm. uh, so I was very, very specific. And when I was interviewing, I was like, hey, you know, um, I have this gap in my resume. And mm -hmm. I kind of told only my interviewer that I had started a podcast. And mm -hmm. that's how I spent my time kind of like learning new skills and keeping my skills relevant mm -hmm. while I took this time off. I did Please. not mention what the podcast was about or, wow. you know, what, what was even, you know, what the name was, because I didn't want my identity to be yeah. this person who was grieving. The girl who lost the I family. Just, Absolutely. Exactly. I wanted to that kind is of incredible. start over. <laughs> I mm. wanted to start over and kind of reinvent myself. And mm. instead of being this girl who had lost her and her whole family, I wanted to be mm. this, this woman who is capable of running this venue and, and yeah. capable of being a leader and really focusing on teamwork and building, uh, you know, connections and mm -hmm. getting to work in the live yeah. entertainment. I really, that was like my main focus. So from going from, you know, being surrounded by grief and, you know, my grief and other people's grief, and then 
turning the tables to being, hi, my name's Jesse, and this is my background in my education. Yeah. This is you know, what I've done, but not ever mentioning that I had so many losses and, you know, so mm. many uh, trauma, so much trauma in my yeah. life. I, you know, so I took the first step of kind of understanding how I wanted to move forward as a person mm. instead of yeah. this person who has this baggage so yeah. that was the I, first I think that step. is such <laughs> such an incredible step because you know I I feel that any change and transformation that we undergo in life always starts with identity you know who do we mm -hmm. actually want to be who do we want to show up as and I think it's the one question that most people forget to ask themselves they just want to be there and they have a picture of that and what they want but not who they actually are in that scenario mm -hmm. so kudos to you that's that's incredible that's a really amazing step so first step who do you want yes, to show up step. as <laughs> yeah. yeah what was the next step yeah. for you the next step was practicing what i preached mm. and that is that's the key thing for being someone who was an advocate for grief and you know making sure mm -hmm. that people had these life skills in order to be able to continue life through these losses and so yeah. i was like you know what i'm gonna really really dig deep into what i said what i brought out into this community and kind of see if my advice was one valid and two if it would work and so you know when there was times where i you know had self-doubt i would listen to an episode of the podcast and i'm like you know sometimes mm. i would cringe a little bit because i know you understand that <laughs> where i'm like oh you know, <laughs> that didn't sound great but at the end of the day i i took my own advice and just kind of moved forward um, you know, with the skills that I had taught other people to see if I really knew what I was talking about. <laughs> yeah, that is such a good advice, though. I really love that you share that because with the work that I do, I, you know, we are all human. I had my fair share of emotional dips. And I remember like whenever I talked to really close friends about that, they were like, Marie, I think you should watch more of your own videos, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> okay yeah it's that, that you know it's something we don't think preach, about <laughs> you know yeah but it is the really the practice what you preach is such a such an important point i love that because yeah it always mm -hmm. comes back to doing all the things that you're teaching others as well and i love that so simple yet yeah. we do sometimes forget it i know i know we get we get mm. so um entrapped in trying to help other people where it's like mm. you know i could actually help myself too yeah. and um you know the the most important thing that i've learned of just step three <laughs> which is still continuing to grieve and mm. it does it does take a lot out of you um I know that we spoke on this earlier, but I have to be very mm. careful on where I spend my energy and like my physical energy, not only my spiritual and mental energy. Yeah. It's I, I have to understand where I place myself um, because I still need to grieve. It's a it, it's it's an ongoing process. It never goes away. It just kind of you know manifests in different ways, whether it's a happy memory or something traumatic mm. that you don't want to think about but you know your brain loves yeah. to just slide those memories in every once in a mm. while <laughs> yeah um so it's it's very hard it is hard to mm. be able to find so like time to grieve and cry if you need to because you're you're so mm. forced into this mindset of i have to keep going i have to keep going i have work tomorrow i don't want to go into this mm. meeting with puffy eyes you know it's mm. things like that and that's what i'm having the hardest time doing mm. it's the whole me time self-love being kind to yourself taking time out it's it's that topic over and over again that comes up all the time you know and i love how you say it you know the, if it comes in happy memories or it slides in with uh, some traumatic memories. For me, I have really learned to treat grief like a visitor rather than something that is always with you. So um, it, it's probably just a different perspective and, and I'm not trying to squeeze you into something that, that uh, 
that is my I know, I love it. Ten- I love terminology that. for it. But um, there, there are people who treat grief like a permanent resident, you know, somebody who lives with them all the time, no matter if they want to or not. And I refuse to do that. I refuse to allow that to take over our life, our family, our household, our whatever, you know, my, my day-to-day life. And in particular, because this is what I do for a living as well, I hold space for others who are grieving. I needed to learn Mm -hmm. from my own grief to really treat it like a visitor. You know, it does come every now and then and it comes less and less luckily. And when it comes, I embrace it. I'm like, yep, come on in, have a cup of tea with me, AKA let's sit and cry for a little while together or sit in a hot tub and, uh, Yes, I do bath with grief. So I sit in there and I would have my my sob and my cry. And and then, you know, I dry myself off and leave grief behind. And I walk back into the happy world that I've created because it's really important for me to have that um, for the boys as well. I knew that when my dad passed, I didn't cope well. So I didn't want that for my boys because I really fell apart. I had no tools. I didn't know how to do this. So... I love that you say that the creating time and space to grieve, to allow that process. And so many people feel they either need it, need to switch it off completely. You know, as you said, I'm going back into the real world. I'm, I'm working, but there is this selective, Oh, I do have a meeting tomorrow. I don't want to rock up with puffy eyes, <laughs> but at the same time, I do want to have time for myself where I can cry it out and allow these emotions to to be washed through me and not to be stored and, and kept in. You know, I think everything that we keep in is just a really perfect breeding ground for diseases. You know, that that's my understanding of yes. it if we don't allow emotion to come through. So um, are you okay to share some of these where like how how do you deal with grief when it comes to visit, when it comes over you and you're like, Okay, now's the time to let that out. What what are the sort of things that you <laughs> do to live through it? If if you're okay to share, you don't have to. Absolutely. Um, it, it's I have to. I I literally was just explaining this the other day because I had myself mm. a really good cry, and it was in yeah. my driveway. <laughs> mm. It was in my driveway, and I I'm I've been spending a lot of time with a friend of mine who is really going through a tough time in her life. And I, she's going through this, you know, my life is changing. She, she didn't, no one passed away in her life. And it's one of the Mm -hmm. things of like, she's grieving the life that she used to live because something Mm -hmm. had, you know, something changed it. Mm -hmm. And so she's talking to me about how like my house doesn't feel like a home anymore. And I was explaining to Mm -hmm. her that, you know, my house that I live in is, of course, the house I grew up in. So it has changed. Mm. You know, a lot mm. of people are like, how can, how do you do it? And I'm like, well, this house isn't the same that it mm. used to be when I was growing up or even, you know, when my, my mom lived here, it, it's completely different now. And mm. it's also, it, it kind of makes it a little bit harder to find mm. things to kind of make you grieve so Mm. one of the things that have always stayed consistent is my yard my yard has always Mm -hmm. stayed consistent over the years so one day Mm -hmm. I just was going to grab the mail walking up the driveway and was like wow I I used to play with my dad in the grass Mm. over here and then it all just kind of hit me again where like Mm. I am you know I'm in a point in my life where I'm actually proud of myself and I'm happy Mm to be so able to, to get that. up out of bed yeah it's mm. it's I never thought that I would get to this point very quickly mm. quickly um mm. and I say that and you know I spent a year and a half but that's a, a short amount of time it's incredible um, very much yeah <laughs> so yeah. you know I I take these times when I start going back through these memories and kind of like, wow, um, you know, I'm doing some really amazing things in my life and I don't have the physical uh, people that I want here to kind of talk to mm. or celebrate with. And so I, mm. I recognize that it's, it's happening and I just kind of stop what I'm doing. And like, I just sat, I just sat in my driveway and I just cried until mm. I just couldn't do it anymore. And mm. it's not really like a hard 
like waterfall tears. It's, Mm -hmm. and I know that a lot of people understand this when you have that painful Mm -hmm. emotional cry where it's not really like waterworks. It's the, it hurts. It hurts. And you feel that physically. And it's more of like, just like a whimper and, you know, just a cry for, for love or, you know, something. And you can't do that in public. You know, so you really you absolutely mm-hmm. could, but you, you yeah. definitely don't want that attention. But mm-hmm. um, it's really trying to figure out what our triggers and when are when are good times to explore those triggers to where you mm-hmm. feel safe and yeah. confident that if you if someone were to, I don't know, pull up in my driveway or to call me where I'd be able to explain like, hey, I'm just having a mm-hmm. moment, uh, you know, <laughs> let me blow my nose real quick and I'll yeah. call you back. But yeah. um, it's very important to understand triggers and mm-hmm. and it's it, it's good to understand them. And then if maybe right now isn't a good time to explore them, maybe later will be. So it's, Mm -hmm. that's my key thing is just trying to make sure that if something did bother me that day, it's not to just kind of like pack it in the back of my mind and just pretend it didn't happen. It's to explore those feelings later when I feel safe and Mm. comfortable to allow myself to do that. I like that you say that, Jesse, because it's not an easy task all the time. You know, sometimes emotions come, uh, you know, I love that you say the triggers because sometimes there are triggers that we already know that they're coming it might be milestones or whatever Um, and then other times there are triggers that come out of nowhere I remember one hitting me really badly and I laugh about it now it it was not funny at the time at all but I was sitting in a doctor's office and all of a sudden they played our wedding song and I was just you know I had a really happy day actually I was like you know happy-go-lucky sort of sitting in the doctor's office waiting and all of a sudden this song comes on and i burst into tears on the spot and I remember people looking at me going like what what, what is going on with her you know and and I I could not say anything and I remember how awkward everybody else felt around me because the nurse came Mm -hmm. and she took me to the back room and then she bombarded me with questions and I just wanted to say to her can you just give me peace and quiet I just don't want to talk right now and I told her that Marston passed and it was the wedding song and I thought that should settle it. But no, she started asking me questions and questions. And I was like, I just want to sit here and cry for a moment. Can you just, and I couldn't yeah. say that. I could I not know, say I that. Know. And, <laughs> oh, and I'm thinking, this is probably a really good example. How can we learn to speak up for ourselves and say what we need without feeling rude or embarrassed about it or whatever. And my thing was in that moment I really felt like I would be rude if I say to her can you just please shut up and I'm just gonna say it because the funniest part was that the song in the radio was called shut up by the black eyed peas and that's (laughs) the song that my husband and I chose to walk down the beach because we got married on the beach we had a barefoot wedding on the beach and we chose that song because there is this line in the song walks on the beach and stuff and it was so us so we played that when we walked down the beach and that song oh. came up and of course it was funny it was quirky it was very different it's not a typical wedding song to play shut up <laughs> as your wedding song but it was just us and I loved it and yeah that brought up this whole thing of emotions you know so I think there's definitely different triggers the ones that we know that will come and the ones that surprise us it's almost like a an attack from the back you know and um yeah and I think songs on the radio are a perfect example for that we all have these songs you know so that brings me to my next question for you Jesse because with all these different deaths in your family and people so close to you I can only imagine that there would be so many of these milestones, the passing anniversary, the birthdays, you know, that when you when you think about how many people you have lost, and then like at least two anniversaries per person and probably a few others to to throw in there in between. How do you get through this? Because everybody deals so differently with milestones and you having that many, how do you address them? 
I love that you asked that question because um, I had lunch with my boyfriend today and I told him that, and I don't expect him to remember all the milestones. So, (laughs) because there are a lot, Um, but Mm -hmm. I told him that Wednesday is my dad's birthday. And Mm -hmm. he asked, he was like, you know, what do you want to do? Do you want to, you know, get some of his uh, favorite thing to eat? And I said, you know, to be honest with you, um, and I think I, I should probably share this with, you know, your followers as well, is that I have this mindset of when it comes to milestones, birth dates, death dates, um, you know, um, any other date that might happen, but these, 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 uh, anniversaries, I'm quite selfish with them and I do mm-hmm. what I want to do for them because for a long time, I felt obligated that I had to go to the cemetery and sit with mm-hmm. my dad for a little bit to talk to mm-hmm. him. And I didn't feel, I didn't feel good after that. I never did. Mm-hmm. I, it was yeah. so sad. And and now, yeah. you know, since the last time that I've talked to you that my, I mean, I have like a, every time I go to the cemetery, it's a family reunion. Cause that's where my grandmother mm-hmm. and my aunt got buried. Yeah. They're right next to yeah. my mom and my dad and my brother. Yeah. So it's like a, a whole yeah. family's there. And I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to sit there and, and do this anymore because mm. it, I mean, even though that is where their physical body lays and to rest, I mm. am surrounded by them and I choose mm. what I want to do to celebrate oh, them love or to remember them because I know that you know it is my duty to remember them but I it's my duty to also take care of myself and that's first and foremost that's what everybody would want everyone wants me to take care of myself and they know that I I remember them in little ways every single day especially Mm. with the job that I do um yeah I just met I just met William Shatner Mm-hmm. um <laughs> uh, last week and mm-hmm. his birthday is the same day as my dad's birthday and no he's like, well, I'll be 92 Not, yeah he was like I'll be 92 how old will your dad be well, I'm like, I don't know <laughs> yeah I have no idea how old my dad would be because I mm. you know it just hurts to keep up with those numbers yeah. and to keep I get up it. with the the stats of what could have, have been and yeah exactly mm. Yeah. And so for my dad's birthday, I might just start a fire in my house because it's, it's cold here, believe it or not. And in Georgia, it's (laughs) cold. (laughs) Yeah. And so, you know, I, I, I think I'm just going to get comfy and cozy and get some rest because that's what I need. And I know my dad would, he wouldn't want it any other way. So Mm. it's, it's just for any milestone, I, I do what I know I'm capable of doing. And if I feel like going mm. above and beyond for them, I will. And if I don't, they will always love me anyways. Oh, for sure. I love that you say that. I love this so much. And I love that uh, we share an anniversary. So your dad's birthday is my parents' wedding anniversary. No way. 22nd of March. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I love it. <laughs> and I always bring my mom as well because I know, you know, it, it means a lot for her when I remember those things. And uh, it's quite interesting because Rob and I had a similar anniversary or very close to them actually because our wedding anniversary was the 17th of March. So yes. I, I had an entire day planned on the 17th of March that got completely screwed over because both my boys got COVID so I'm like no they're good now they're already oh, over it and already testing negative again but it was like right in that week and it was the tail end of their COVID and I'm like and that was you know I, I love that and I want to ask you how you feel about this because I felt my my younger me I'm just gonna say it that way I don't know how else to put it or my less healed me I should say would have probably gone like, oh, damn it, you know, I had these plans and I wanted to do something for myself mm-hmm. and I wanted to go to the city to my favorite cafe and just sit there and for minutes a little bit and just 
be a bit of you know nurturing me time sort of things and then I was the nurturing lion mom at home so um and my my less healed me would have gone like you know my plans are screwed and yeah. My now me was like, you know what? That's just life. That's just life. Life yeah. just has some different plans every now and then. And I went with it. And I actually did still end up going out a little bit later. And I went to IKEA. <laughs> to IKEA. That's and to always good. Store <laughs> to buy some paint and to create a beautiful frame that I wanted around my bed. I actually shared it in the group. And I went into uh, creation mode. And the boys helped me build all these yeah. IKEA cupboards to build that cupboard that I wanted. And I thought, you know what, that's nice to do something with the boys. They helped me. I could have honestly not done it without them. I think I would have completely lost my cool. They were so amazing and just keeping calm and helping me build this. Not that I think they really, really loved it, but it was nice to do it together. So I think right. the flexibility is key. The focusing on whatever is good for me. I don't see that as selfish at all, Jesse. I think that's exactly it it is your life it is you now and you are the most important person in your life and I can't stress enough about this the self-love topic the nurturing ourselves being kind to ourselves Mm -hmm. how do you go about that (laughs) um well it's gotten a lot harder now (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. definitely gotten a lot harder but um I will. I'm, I'm, I love these questions you're asking me because I get to share some really awesome things with you mm. and I've grown a lot and I've had to kind of mold my new life because it is new. Um, yeah. But my self-care, um, both of my best friends um, have babies and they're about two mm-hmm. years old, a little bit over two. And so they're just, a, there's just so much fun. And they're yeah. like six days apart. So it's mm. it's crazy that both my best friends have two kids, they have kids and they're six days apart. But my self-care mm. is getting to spend time with the family that I want to be with. And I know that yeah. sounds crazy to some people, but I can't be with the family that I would love to be with. So mm. I'm going to spend time with the family that I can be with and the ones that mm. I choose I to it. be with. Yeah, and um. I, I definitely, I'm still in therapy, obviously. So that's a huge thing for my self-care because having Mm. these feelings, you know, and not anyone to really talk to about them, you know, therapy really does help. Yeah. And, um, I, you know, my, I don't really have a lot of self-care because if you, if you ask me, I would just sleep. I would just mm. sleep all That's the time. That's awesome because... though, because sleep is such a huge <laughs> part of self-care. Like seriously, it's so I, underrated. I love it. We so I we so it. need proper sleep. Yeah. 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 So that's like, that's, that's basically what I like to do now. And I get mm. a lot of uh, fulfillment from my job and my, mm. my upper management. I only, I don't have too many people above me, but one the, the ones that I yeah. do have above me are beyond understanding and they don't really know the full story of me and they don't have to to be compassionate towards an employee of theirs and Mm. you know anytime that I've had issues or like um you know the anniversary of my mom just came up in the beginning of this month and Mm. you know I was like you know I was like oh you know Thursday's gonna be a rough day for me and you know that's all they need to know and they they gave it Mm. to me off no yeah. worries. No, you know, and that's beautiful. Um, I, I am really blessed with the life that I'm living now because I know mm. that it could be a lot worse. Mm. And I want to say they are really blessed to have you because, you know, oh. having somebody who's not just so obviously capable of what you're doing, but also somebody who's emotionally so mature and so aware of you know your personal needs I think that always reflects back in your job as well well and a lot of that you said you get a lot of satisfaction out of your job that's beautiful I love I that you talk I about <laughs> choice you know spending time with family that you can spend time with so to me that is one of the most simplest but not easy tools to use you know the focus on what what can I do rather than what yes. can't I or what have I lost it's the what have I got And that's really a tough one because we talk about uh, gratitude and grief 
a lot and how Mm -hmm. that can feel like such a slap in the face in grief when people walk up to you and go like just be grateful for what you have or oh you know my my (laughs) my we always say like cables coming out it's like it's just (laughs) that whole um people don't understand what they what they say to you when they use those words I understand mm-hmm. meanwhile they really do come from the intention of wanting to be nice and wanting to say something useful but it's not it is something that we really need to get to once we have mm-hmm. healed to a certain level gratitude certainly comes back in but in this in this thickness of grief in in the depth of our grief in the really hard and tough times and really deep sad emotions for somebody to rock up and go like just be grateful for what you have is is a dangerous thing to say in that very moment yes. because you don't know what the reaction <laughs> might be and it certainly does not feel helpful at all to be in a receiving end mm. of that so <laughs> can you share a little bit about how you deal with that gratitude where do you stand with that because it is a really really tough topic in grief it is um again loving these questions um because mm. it's it is such a beautiful part of the grief journey is Mm. finding gratitude in it and Mm. I have done a lot of work and a lot of what I have found gratitude in is I'm able to protect myself more um, because Mm. you know one of the things that I've learned is that the reason why I hurt so much is because my my inner child is is broken you know she Mm. was you know not only traumatized by life growing up she was traumatized Mm. by losing her family and as an as a big (laughs) jesse as an adult jesse i Mm. i want to protect her and i want her Mm. to see that you can overcome the worst in life you can Mm. overcome it yeah and grief has taught me so much about myself and Mm. life and that I I can't keep living in the past as much as I Mm. love to think about you know what my mom my mom's voice sounded like and some of the things Mm. that she used to do and my dad and you know as much as I love those memories I can't keep thinking about what I had mm. because it's not it's not healthy for me it, it's just it just yeah. makes me plain outright sad yeah and the gratitude allows me to think forward of like mm-hmm. how what's going to make me happy tomorrow and what mm-hmm. do I have in my life that's going to continue to make me happy and things that I mm. I mean it's it's it like you said it's things that we do have and Mm -hmm. there's so many people that have come into my life or that have been in my life that have shown them and their their energy just shines brighter now yeah Yeah. and you know those are the people that I am thankful for and Mm. you know I I don't feel like I could have gotten to this point if I didn't find the little pieces that I am thankful mm-hmm. for. Like I am, I am thankful yeah. that I, I'm not scared. I'm mm. not scared of life because mm. I have overcome more than I've wanted to. And mm. everyone has, you have, I mean, your followers have, it's, mm. we all overcome things that we don't want to, but we have. And it's like, okay, I, if I can overcome this, yeah, what else can I do? You know, mm. really? tell me what can really really put me in a bind (laughs) because I I can do it I think I can do it I think I can do it so it's it's really it's it's incredible how much yeah sorry oh no no I I I love it because (laughs) it's so it's so exciting to see you know what tomorrow may bring to make Mm -hmm. you a little bit more thankful that you are Mm. living today yeah. So what I hear when you share that about gratitude is it's it's something that um, you rediscover almost. Is that right? It's nothing that 
anybody, like, as I said, if somebody comes to me or would have come to me back then and say, you know, just be grateful for what you have, it does feel like a slap in the face because your instant gut reaction is (laughs) you've got no freaking idea what I'm dealing with here or what I'm feeling. Exactly. um, exactly. And they don't, <laughs> they don't. So it's easy for them to say, just be grateful for what you have. Well, it's not that I'm not grateful, but I've got some grieving to do here. So just give me some space. Okay. And for me, yes. it was that, that whole um, rediscovering it. And I've shared this story before. There's this beautiful book called The Magic by Rhonda Byrne. I don't know if you know it. I don't. And it is basically like a workbook. It's not like a book that you read. It's like a workbook and it's got 28 I love, chapters. I love workbooks. I love it. <laughs> you will love this one, The Magic, Rhonda Byrne. And I'll share the link with you if you want to. But it's just so incredible because uh, I'll share the link in the comments below for anybody who wants to, to have a look at it. Um, why I love this book so much. And it's one of the books that I would not get as an ebook because it is like a workbook. And mm. um you read one chapter a day and each chapter has only got like three or five pages and every chapter focuses on a different um on a different area in your life to be grateful for and I was halfway through that book when Rob passed away and I put it down and hadn't put it picked it back up again for I don't know a couple of years till I joined a program where they use that as a base of it as a as a you know just as one of the tools yeah. that you can do each day and I almost froze when I heard and has anybody heard about the magic and I was like <laughs> and I was like I know exactly where it is but I hadn't and, and this this wave of uh, emotions and and memories came back to me and the things that I had written about Rob in this book and you know you you have like a little notebook oh. that comes with it where you write in what you're grateful for each day and mm-hmm. you're supposed to write letters to people and you know obviously there was this beautiful letter that I'd written for Rob and I just froze and and then I thought you know what Marie just give it a go and see how you feel and I picked it back up and it took me a couple of attempts but I got to it and I thought how important it was to give myself the time in between to do it my way and not mm. be forced, you know, this gratitude be forced upon me. And this is really something where I often talk about these hidden gifts and adversity. These are like gifts that we need to discover. It's not for anybody else to squeeze into our lives because it it is like, as I always say, it's like, they run to the Christmas tree and open our presents for us. I'm like, you don't do that. Let me discover <laughs> it. Give me the space and yeah. time, you know, to to open that present, to sit with it, to embrace it. And I hear that a lot from what you say too. And I love that. There's a lot of choice that we have in our lives and we we can't be forced into a time frame that other people think is good for us, whether that be shorter or faster. Mm-hmm. We have to do it in our own time, you know. And I think yeah. I love that you are surrounded by people who give you that space. You know, that's really beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there's some people that I had to, you know, move, move out of my circle because yeah. they you know, didn't understand and that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it, yeah. this is a life that not a lot of people my age, you know, understand. Yeah. And I'm, I'm only yeah. 27. So a lot of my, my mm-hmm. peers are just now starting to lose people. And yeah. I'm like, <laughs> you know, it's it's sad. It's really sad yeah. because you know a lot of people didn't understand what mm. I did when I went through with my losses, yeah. but now they do. And yeah. it's like I wish I had more time to be there for yeah. them like I did when I was mm. doing the podcast, but I you know, it's it's trying to give the people not the people give people the amount of time and space that they need in order to figure out how they want to grieve instead of me telling them like this is what I did because it doesn't work for everybody you know yeah Uh, not everyone gets a year and a half off (laughs) yeah and it's beautiful that you have that as well you know I think what we all need to learn in grief is to hold more space for people you know to just let them be and just be there for them and that is a skill that a lot of people don't have a lot of people think they have to come in with advice or with the usual phrases you know the my condolences and sorry for your loss and all that stuff that I find not very helpful you know I've actually um (laughs) 
put put a, a document together with the 10 most commonly used phrases in grief and what to use instead because I was so over that <sighs> that whole my condolences you know like um yeah. is there is there one that you want to share that really where you put your back up <laughs> um I there are a couple but uh they come you know I live in the south uh, you mm-hmm. know, where it's, it's, it's Southern Baptist and a lot of the mm-hmm. things that we got where, you know, um, it, this is God's plan or, you know, oh, they're, they're, sorry. they're in a better place now. Eyes, but... mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, you get yeah. it, you get it. Cause at yeah. the same time, I'm like, I'm like, well, can you tell me what God's plan is for me? Mm. Yeah. Can you, can you tell that? Because like, that's what <laughs> I want to know. because I'm still trying to figure out like why you know why this all happened to me and they're like oh you know Mm. like God will give you what you need and I'm like you know I'm not downplaying anyone's religion but yeah that's not your religion doesn't doesn't always help others Mm. (laughs) so I really like that you bring that up I love it because I always say, in particular in our movement, it's actually one of our group rules to uh, respect that everybody's faith is different. And I certainly have my own faith around, you know, what my beliefs are. I I think that that was all part of Rob and my soul contract, you know, that we that we chose that on, on some spiritual level. But uh, it took yeah. me a while to actually... Um, be cool with that to share that in public as well because understanding that and talking about it is a very different thing and also knowing Mm -hmm. that when you do share that that there are a lot of people out there who either don't believe it or believe something different or it goes even against their religion and and that's fine with me that's fine with me it's my it's my understanding I'm not trying to squeeze my understanding onto anybody else but this is my belief and this is how I learned to be at peace with Rob's passing and that was a huge step for me and I also understand that me choosing happiness after Rob's passing was something that a lot of people didn't understand, but it was something that Rob and I had talked about and that we wanted for each other in case of, we never thought that that would happen. It was theory when we right. talked about it, but when it did happen, I knew that's what I yeah. wanted. That's what I wanted for the boys in particular, you know, to create happiness. And a lot of people didn't understand that. So what I want to say is it's the whole do it your way, you know, the really the do it your way and and learn to not allow people's judgment or thinking or not understanding of where you're at to interfere with your doing, with your direction. Right. Um, because at the end of the day, their judgment is just a reflection of their reality and where they're at. And that's absolutely okay, you know. To, to learn not to take things personal, that was the biggest, biggest challenge for me because it's easier I'm said I'm still than learning. That. It is, yeah. Oh, right here with you, sister. Yes, <laughs> I'm, I'm still, still learning that too. Out. Seriously, yeah, absolutely. So we can hold each other accountable for that. Jesse, I love, love, love that you came back on. I love that you shared your story with us and the highs and the lows and that you are so raw and real and so beautiful. I really love having met you and uh, being connected with you. And I'd absolutely love to bring you back on, you know, maybe we can do that again in a few months time and see where your journey is taking you because you only just went back to work about three months ago, right? Yes, I did. I did. And it feels like a lifetime because I work Mm. in, you know, show business. So I have shows every week. Yeah. So I've been, I've been nonstop since I started working. So I, uh, I finally get a couple weeks off and you, you caught me on one of them. So (laughs) yay, lucky me, lucky us. Oh, it's amazing. It's like the whole, the show must go on. What a reflection of Mm -hmm. your life, you know, and it's just absolutely beautiful Mm -hmm. how much choice is coming through from you, which I really love because this whole must or have to or should um, doesn't agree with me. And I love that you touched on that topic of it's our choice. It's our choice, what we do with it. And I love your choices. You are so beautiful. And <laughs> I would love it if you want to leave our audience with any last reflection or, you know, shout out or please don't or please do whatever you want to share with us to finish off the show here. It's absolutely yours now. Thank you. 
All right. Well, I don't have any shout outs or anything like that because I'm not doing anything anymore. <laughs> but um, I do I do want your followers to know that this didn't come overnight, like getting to mm. our place in grief. It didn't happen overnight. And as much as yeah. we want to be happier in our journey with grief, it takes a lot of time really sitting down and evaluating and mm. feeling those emotions and really understanding yeah. what your grief is. And mm. it's, it's a seer, it's very uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable and it doesn't come easy, but it does take time. And if you take yeah. that time to really understand yourself, you're, o- you're only doing yourself a favor and getting mm. to the brighter side of grief. And because like you said, it's like a visitor and so far the visit, the visits have been short and brief mm. and, you know, straight to the point. <laughs> But, mm. you know, at the end of the day, being grateful and thankful for the the journey that has brought me to here, you know, I want, I want that to happen to as many people as it can. And I just mm-hmm. know that if anybody needs someone to talk to, you know, they can, they can find me on your site and same with you. I mean, Marie, you have been nothing but a positive influence in my life since the day that I met you. And it's crazy Thank to you. think that I have met someone that is all the way on the other side of the globe that <laughs> yeah. is still influencing and helping people here in, you know, Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> so, mm. you know, thank you so much for what you do and having me back. And I will forever be a fan of yours. Oh, thank you. And likewise, I really, really love who you are you are so incredibly inspiring i i wish that you could see yourself through our eyes because you really are such a shining star it's incredible jesse (laughs) really i'm so so blessed to have met you thank you so much for your time thank you for being here and everybody else if you have any comments or questions for jesse please leave them in the comments below we'd love to hear them we'd love to answer them i'm sending you all so much love thank you for being here this is jesse and marie signing off Bye for now. Bye. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you enjoyed the show and you would like to find out more about loving life after loss, please visit mariealessi.com. I shall see you next week. Bye.